I can't beatbox. <laughs> Is that beatboxing? I don't know. Right. We're back. We're back. Season four. Who'd have thunk it? Whoop, whoop. Back in the building. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, my name is Matt Davis, the Marketing and Community Manager here at Auric Digital, joined by my partner in crime. Matthew, no nickname, Walker. Oh, you given up on nicknames? No, no, I just don't have one. Oh, not right, okay. just not for today. Is it that, but that is the nickname. Uh, no nickname is the nickname. That's the right. Already, right. Already... <laughs> why, why do I get a sense that by the, by we're, by the time we're done with this season, mm. we're going to be referring to this as Auric Digital, How to Make a Video Game, Season 4. <laughs> I think it's going to be that season kind four. of season. I like season that. Four. Very good. No, they're very good. That works. That works. It's a I'm good useless at puns. <laughs> That's about as good as it gets. Oh, well, you, you banked that one. <laughs> you done it right, <laughs> it? Sticking a pin uh, in it. <laughs> uh, so this, um, well, this season's going to be only twinge with a tiny little bit of sadness, Matthew. Well, I hate to bring the mood down early. Well, I know, but I think we should just We should probably get it out of the way now. We're just getting to this. This will unfortunately be my last season here on the Auric, How to Make a Video Game with Auric Digital podcast. Um, we will talk about this more in later episodes, but um, I'm going to be moving on from Auric Digital. We new will, adventures. New adventures. After new the moon. So, Again, we'll come to this. We'll talk about this later. So let's get back into the positivity and to the vibe of things. How are you? Good. Enjoying the summer? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's been the first summer uh, with a little one. I don't want to keep referring back to uh, my, my new dad adventures, yeah. um, but it hey, is... It's part of your life. Though. Well, <laughs> well it, it very much dictates my entire life now. Um, so it's been a hot old summer, um, yeah. some sticky heat with a little man. Nice. Um, but what I found really interesting, mm. I've probably got... I was having a chat with a friend, and we are talking about games and stuff. We all talk about games. And he's like, oh, I just don't get the time to play to play games anymore. I've found that since becoming a dad... You've had more time. I've had more time. <laughs> I have, or maybe I've just made time for it. I but would, I've, I've I would actually love to speak to your lovely wife. Whether you should have I've, had enough time. I, I think I must have gone about a four-year spell mm. of not completing a video game. And in the last, I mean, my son is ten months now. Mm. I've completed three games in the last ten months. Are you playing them when it's like late night and he's up and screaming and you just need to no. sit there and just kind of like hold him and be like, it's okay and you can. Not really. Like, I mean, yeah. he sleeps well. Yeah. Um, so you but, can play Civ like that really easy because you only need one hand. <laughs> well, that, that's true. And X, XCOM is also like yeah. that, you know, in, insert foghorn. Um, but no, it's, it's it's taken me by surprise. It really mm. has how much time I've managed to find mm. and actually actually get through a game, finish yeah. it and have, have that ending to talk about. So what are, what are you playing then? I mean, what have you managed to complete recently? Well, um, very, very poignantly, God of War, which of course has that whole father-son dynamic. And that one did tug on my heartstrings a little bit right. at times. Cracking game. Yeah. But I was chatting to, to Nina only this mm. morning and she's a big God of War fan. Yeah, yeah. And of course, it's it's won loads of awards and it is a technical marvel. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Um, but what, what, one thing I, I kind of griped with it, the narrative is amazing. I love yeah. where it took the character. Um, but in terms of a game, like, there wasn't much to it. Well, it certainly didn't feel empty. Right. It's it's very 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 kind of like A to B tunnel vision. Although there, there are extra quests you can go off and do if you want to. Mm. But um, it was kind of what I've just played before. It yeah. Do it did things anew within God of War, but not certainly within games. But but. I, I digress, really, because what I look for in a, in a good game, and the reason I finished it is because yeah. the narrative is so damn good, right. and I love yeah. where they took the character anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of split, but okay. mostly on the on the good side. Fair enough. It was amazing. Uh, do you want to know what I've been playing? No. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell go you anyway. Go, 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 go. Championship Manager 99-2000. Oh, man. Thank you very much. Uh, I discovered a Twitter account called uh, ooh, Dave Black, I think his name is, on Twitter. Yeah. But he basically uh, is really into Championship Manager 97-98. It's a great and game. And he just plays it all the time. He just game. talks about it. And then I discovered there's a little bit of a community of post 30-year-old, as I might be, <laughs> sports games fans who were just playing the old games. And I was like, oh, I'll boot this up. So easy to do. Like, literally, it took me two minutes to get oh, it well, all set up. It's not easy to do if you're talking about the method that you, you've explained to me in the past, because I still haven't managed to do uh, it. I mean, I've got it running. Oh. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's a little bit of a DOSBox connection, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a, but oh, it's such a good game. Well, this did come about as a part of a side story because... Uh, Matt Bone, who we will be talking to in one of yeah, our future episodes, story, yeah. uh, is currently getting into Football Manager 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's playing in um, the Danish lower divisions. It's, it's a fascinating story. I'll, I'll quiz him about I'm it. I'm always interested to, to, as to what, why does someone go there? You start a, ma a manager game and you go there. Well, he did the journeyman thing. Well, uh, this okay. is the big thing that people okay. do is they'll log into the game just as a normal, ma like a, a jobless manager and then just try and get a job anywhere in the world. Right. So 
he ended up in Denmark in like the second division. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, off to Chile now. But anyway, it was all a bit of a threat. And I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I really want to get back into it. Sort of bulked at the price a little bit of Football Manager because I missed it in the summer sale. Not that you should only buy games in sales, just FYI. You could buy them anytime. Like you could go on our <laughs> website right now and buy all of our games at full price. Please do. Um, but I missed it and I was like, oh no, do I pick it up? Do I play it? And then I thought, oh no, I'll see if there's anything else up there. Reminded myself of Championship Manager 90,000. Great game. Having a thoroughly good time with it. Well, that's, that's a good sign of a timeless game. I mean, I've been thinking, well, since you mentioned um, these old school kind of retro management mm. games, um, I'm aching, aching to play Premier Premier Manager 98. Uh, and you've got the, the box. I've got the box. <sighs> Original so PC impressed. version so and impressed. and Prem Manager ninety nine mm. which had like a, a virtual soccer style Kevin Keegan on the front of the box which <laughs> yeah, looks yeah, yeah. hilarious, but you can what was great about that game is that after about fifteen years when players retire they just regenerate you yeah. you know that that player is the new Rivaldo yeah, 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 Rivaldo yeah, yeah. or Dennis Bergkamp yeah, or something yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and they're crazy good of um, or something yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah just right? from the same nation but you know <laughs> everything about them is different it's amazing so we should move away though slightly from the games we have been playing sure. to talk about a different topic which is games that have not been made we're gonna um have tom and peter uh wellington coming into the studio uh to talk to us a little bit about the games that uh, that we've thought about but also other games that have famously not been made like things okay. that people have thought about and made them um so my quick question to you is mm. what game what game do you wish was never made <laughs> What games I wish yeah, was never that you played, made. and you're like, oh man! I wish you would have uh, given me some prep work before we you hit record. You know me. You know me. Do it live. Do it. Is, oh. Hold on. Okay, this is really quick. Game that I wish was never made. Game that I wish was never made. So something you played that you really okay. Despite, this is yeah. controversial, and you're getting me right on the spot now. Go on. I'm going to say XCOM Two. Because that means I get 500 hours of my life back. <laughs> that's a fair. 500 hours. Yeah, I think it's about 480 or something, but yeah, yeah, we'll right. round it up. We'll round it up because, you know. <laughs> but, but, but what a 500 yeah, hours. I mean, yeah. Or you could also not make it to then remake it again. <laughs> that's true. So then it can come out and you can waste a whole new 500 hours. And, and also, if it's not being made, do, does that mean are we getting like some kind of parallel universe where I know it, it, it has been made mm. and I can then like drop that idea for a yeah. game yeah. knowing do you know what I mean and then yeah. I, I take all the fame for that game no I think that's fair yeah I think that's fair it's totally unfair um, I'm going to go with FIFA what the entire series the entire series of FIFA oh wow for the very simple reason right which is that as we've obviously discussed already that we're both sports fans people think because I work for a video games company and like football, that mm. I'm good at FIFA. And so everyone insists on wanting to play FIFA. And I'm like, I hate FIFA. <laughs> it's so yeah. I don't like, I like football management games. I'm a strategy yeah, yeah. game person at heart. I'm with you. So I'm it's like, you. every time it's like, oh, you want to play? Oh, it might be really, I'm like, no, I'm not good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not good at video games anyway. <laughs> but I'm also like, can we just not play FIFA? It's so boring. And also, I don't like the community that's built up around, I'm not dissing you here, <laughs> anything here, but it's like, I don't like the vibe of where video games have gone with right. that but that's just a personal having thing having said that um, I hadn't played a FIFA game for a long time mm. in fact the last one I bought was FIFA 10 mm. which I was dope at yeah. okay um, but then I bought I think it was 17, 18 where they introduced a campaign like a story mode and yeah, you right. play as like a with, young with um, Alex Hunter yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. which I thought was ace because I know they introduced that in their Fight Night series and mm. you had like essentially a Rocky story within yeah, Fight Night yeah. which was amazing yeah. really enjoyed it they did that with FIFA and I, I actually went out and then bought Oh, really? or 17 or 18 when it first appeared purely because it had that um i like you i'm rubbish at fifa games these days so as i say 10 was awesome but mm. with the, between 10 and 17 they actually became quite um, yeah. strategic and tactical and the buttons are just b b buffooning <laughs> me now um but yeah anyway yeah digress yeah, fair enough no it's a fair point well we should get tom and Pete, and then we'll actually talk about actual games that weren't made <laughs> hit it, hit it, hit it. <laughs> Great. So we're going to get on uh, with the main part of the episode. And I'm delighted to say we have two guests here in the studio. So we've had to bring in an extra microphone. Uh, and I'd like to introduce Peter Wellington. Thank you back again for coming on the on the pod again. Hello. It is a pleasure. And regular visitor to this podcast, Thomas Rawlings. Uh, hello. Yeah, it's good to be back again. So, although, though, though Peter's a much more regular podcast than I am, although I'm in this podcast more, you're, you're, I know, I do you should plug your own podcast. Am I really? plugging it right now? Yeah, you can do a little bit of a plug. Oh dear. Now, you now that you've made a thing of it, Peter, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell us what it is now. Uh, yes, if you'd like to listen to um, idiots ramble on about nice things, uh, you can listen to the Staying In podcast. And um, yeah. Good. Nominated for awards? Right? Available for awards, yeah. yeah nominated for awards. It was all right. 
It Available nice. on all the places pods are podded. All the good casted. ones and all the bad ones. <laughs> you see, there's that professionalism <laughs> that you bring to the table. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, but we'll bring it back around to the reason why we're here today and what we're going to be talking about. So um, the interesting topic, and, and this is this is one that's potentially uh, one that's hopefully going to cause a bit of discussion and debate. We're going to talk about games that have not been made. Uh, I asked Matthew Walker at the beginning of the episode what game he wished never had been made. <laughs> so Ooh. that's it. You know, we Ooh. came with the other one. Ones. There's that lots in there. Double-edged sword, that FIFA question. FIFA was mine, if you're interested. But mm-hmm. so, so um, I just want to kick off uh, about what, what are we looking at when we're talking about this? What, what What's the sort of, like, thing that we're, we're, trying to, we're, we're trying to say when we say a game that's not been made? Well, I, th- I think when, when we discuss topics that would be interesting, I think one of the things as a games developer is if I'm at events or something like that and people ask what I do and I'm a games developer, in- invariably then somebody says, oh, I've got a great idea for a game. And of course, there are many more great ideas for games than there are games, which means lots of games have not been made. The majority of ideas have not been made. And then there's a there's a continuum then from a throwaway idea that just popped into your head to maybe a game that actually almost got completed uh, and then was just never released. And, and there are a few examples of those, uh, especially in the days when the physical cost of release was you know, the big thing yeah. pre-digital. Yeah. Because even if you'd spent a bunch of money making the game, you could expect to spend sort of two, three times that budget to, you know, print it off and distribute it and market it. So in actual fact, there were, there were, there were you know, there were economic reasons why you'd spend £200,000 making a game and then not release it. Yeah. Um, le- less so now, but, you know, there's still, still a thing. And, and I think this, this idea came to, you know, popped into, you know, when I was, we, were, we were discussing things when uh, a while ago, uh, the, the sort of the, the main guy behind Boss Key Productions, just before they kind of finished trading, he shared on Twitter a whole bunch of game ideas that they'd been pitching around. And I think it was really interesting that yeah. people got to see a little bit, uh, you know, un- under the bonnet of what goes on in the industry, because we, we produce a lot of pitches and a lot of ideas. And we're actually changing the way we produce our original ideas. Yeah. Um, because as a small studio, it's a it an idea getting an idea to the point where a publisher or an investor is going to give you money on it is, is a big ask, and it's a significant cost. And of course, you don't want to invest that money unless you think that idea is going to work. But of course, the best way to know an idea is going to work is to make it or to yeah. make a demo yeah. of it. And so that's always the balance we're kind of fighting with. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, some of the examples that were that were thrown around. Um, these things like the Gotham by Gaslight and various other other ones that existed in that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Star Wars thirteen thirteen was the big one that like sounds. And ultimately, I bet it's the best Star Wars game ever because you've never played it. Yeah. So you imagine it to be the best game yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. But it yeah. sounds cool. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, because that crept out just as they as was it Disney closed their interactive studio. They they closed uh, Lucas Arts. Wasn't yeah, Lucas Arts. Yeah. yeah, that kind of crept out around then. But yeah, Gotham by Gaslight, I saw on a an article about best games that weren't made and maybe they announced or something. There's a comic actually, isn't there? Yeah. I think it's based on the comic. Yeah, yeah. it's like a different continuity of Batman, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sort, yeah, of, uh, yeah. the sort of Victoriana stuff. Yeah, yeah, he breaks yeah. down this pathway and he's just like, yeah. Which, which sounds very cool. I mean, maybe they they did it in a way, make it with Dishonored or something. Maybe that's a lot of yeah. the gameplay they yeah. were wanting to do. Yeah. Um, um, I, I was going to say, like, in terms of, in terms of those sort of, like, ideas, like, where, how, how do you think how do you think a studio will come up? Because obviously what we have decisions, how we make a choice on whether we're going to go with it or not go with it. But how do you think, is it, are we quite standard within the industry? Because we obviously have a number of factors, but what do you think is the main reason people will just trash a game? Not trash a game or like, you know, just decide. No, or just stop working on it. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a whole bunch of reasons. I, I don't think there's a standard way of, of that people make games in the industry at mm. all. And I think each studio will have different um, thresholds for things that do get made and things that don't get made and actually different stages, right? Yeah. So, for example, um, the uh, so for example, Supercell, they have regularly released games into soft launch. So they've made the whole thing, figured out how to do all of the uh, monetization because they're all free-to-play games, yeah. soft launched it into a few different territories. So these tend to be territories that aren't like the main ones. So they don't launch in UK, US. They tend to launch to like Philippines, for yeah, example. Right, okay. See how well it monetizes. And then they've canned it after six months of being live. Yeah. And that technically is a cancelled game because it's never had a global launch. Whereas there's, So there's that. And then there's also just the cancelling stage of 
people put together a, a, a two-pager. So, for example, here at the studio, we've written two pages, um, got together as a group, looked at it, and then just gone, nah, you know what, this, so this, we let, shouldn't make that. Let's just talk about what a two-pager is. So as a, okay. as a rough idea for somebody who's never heard of a concept mm-hmm. of a two-pager, how would you describe what a two-pager is? So it's more than an elevator pitch. Yeah, right? okay. It's almost like you've got out the elevator and gone, <laughs> more than that conversation gone into the, had yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, gone into the meeting room and sort of said, look, this is the overview of what the game is. And here are some ideas of what the mechanics the mechanics of the game will be in terms of how they'll feel and it might even reference other games so you know people might say oh it's a little bit like Clash Royale meets uh, the Simpsons arcade game or something like that Um, and so you'll be able to get an okay picture of what that game might be Mm. and then um, from that two pages you will be able to sit down as a group and then make a decision as to uh, you'll be able to like ask questions about what that thing is. So, for example, well, do you see this being, um, if it's not been described, do you see this being in 3D? Do you see it being online? How do you see us selling content on this? How yeah. do you see us, you know, do do we think this is really big uh, in terms of scope? Where where are the risks? Can we, are we the studio to make this game? And you can make lots and lots of questions and do that kind of thing. And then at that point, you can say, yes, we can take this further. Yeah. And then you figure out how you then start doing pre-production, or we say, you know what, great idea. Let's put it into the into the archives, and maybe we'll we'll come back to it at another point. Yeah. Um, and that tends to be because, frankly, the cheapest way of cancelling games is having a designer, for example, yeah. sit down for a few days, think about what it is that they want to make, and write everything down because. Designing games on paper is really cheap. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you get art, as soon as you get code, yeah. you know, you're starting to become, you know, yeah. it becomes a lot more expensive and riskier. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I was working on a concept here of, uh, sorry, yeah, working on a game concept was kind of card game and it had elements of auto chessy thing and I was playing around with this concept for a bit in my head and then I sat down, spent a solid day working on it, wrote the whole concept document out. At the end of it, I was like, this is brilliant. Mm. This is one of the best things I've ever designed. This is amazing. <laughs> but I've learned that like now I just I'm in the throes of it and I leave it, come back to it after the weekend. I was like, this is awful. Yeah. And so I sat yeah. with a couple of the other designers at the studio because I'd passed the document around to them because we share. And they said, oh, we're going to talk about it before they even started. I was like, let's not bother. Cause this, yeah. this is not, this well, is not you, good. But that, but yeah, I'm glad that basically, as Peter says, we I didn't pull in a coder and pull in yeah, an artist. Yeah, and yeah. They, they spend six months working up this thing. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, no, no, your, your original gut feeling was right. This is rubbish. And sorry. I was uh, going to say, we only talked about this a little while ago. Matthew Walker was saying when we were doing the Dark Future soundtrack, sometimes you listen to a sound, you do, you do an audio mix and then you kind of come back to it and you go, bin it. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. I think when you're wearing those goggles or in my case, wearing the headphones, like... What you hear one day in in that in amongst that fuzz of inspiration, it can be quite quite muddy. Mm. It can be kind of blinding until you yeah. get back to it the next day with fresh ears. In, in this case, yeah. and then you can kind of see in amongst the clouds a bit. You know, yeah. 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 There's, there's nothing like a good sleep basically yeah. To, yeah. to figure yeah. out whether or not you're yeah. doing and what you're doing is right. Next <laughs> and some breakfast, yeah. Uh, and I, I think so. You know, doing a two pager, for example, that's 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 one thing that might might can something. The thing that we tend to find that. Um, ends up having games that we have ideas on or uh, have have moved slightly further ahead tends to be conversations as part of groups, right? So you have different stages of, you know, at some point the designer might just say, do you know what, this isn't very good to themselves, right? Um, Then there is expanding it out to uh, people that we would include as developers. So for example, we would include marketing as part of that, the leads uh, per discipline, so code, art, design. and, uh, you know, it's when you have those conversations, you start to, you know, um, interrogate what the design actually is, where things are problematic and whether or not you can achieve on it. Right. So there was an opportunity that we were given at one point mm-hmm. with a very big cyberpunk brand yeah. to do a, uh, a game set in that world. Yeah. And uh, it was very much going to be a tabletop game, yeah. um, but as a digital experience. And we decided, uh, we you know we thought it was a great idea. It was a really really cool thing to do. Um, and then we sat down with all of our leads, and actually, when we started to chip away at it ever so slightly, we decided that oh okay, there's a lot of uh, unknowns or risk or different kinds of um, 
different kind of elements at play here that may or may not be useful. And at that point, we, there was a decision made of, you know what, this isn't, this isn't what we would do. But it's, it's by having your experts come in and talk about these things that you find those things out. Because what, what's, you know, I mean, I thought it was a great idea. I know you thought it was a great idea. And yeah. then, you know, um, but you don't want to go too far down that rabbit far hole before you before yeah. some coder says you're going to need to like learn networking. Yeah, right. you know, and at that point it's like oh yeah. So so I mean the reasons games cannot make it. It's like I think most people would assume it's in the quality of the idea. Yeah. But but as as Peter says, actually the scope of it is a big deal. Mm. Like if if what you're thinking of just just can't be achieved with the resources we can muster. Yeah. There's kind of no point developing it further forward. And and obviously we we have a range of concepts we develop some which are small and some which are much bigger and aspirational. And it's not that you necessarily kill it, but at that point you go, okay, this needs a whole bunch of time to figure out. Yeah. yeah. Also, or you know, and, and there's that thing as well of like, you know, if somebody was come to us and say, we would love to, for you to uh, to make an MMO. Mm. You know, we would we would think, wow, that that sounds great. But we would at that point have to think to ourselves, like, do we want to expand the studio out massively yeah, to right. do this? Because yeah. we could. Yeah. You know, it would it would be an option. But it's not just the it's not just the game, as you say. It's not just the game idea that defines whether or not we move a game forward. It's it's the you know it's a it's a myriad of myriad so, of things. Uh, to to jump on, to to move that forward a little bit. So like again, if the if the strength of the idea is is very is, is very good, like you said, it's not the main point, but it is quite good. And then the you have your leads or your marketing person being like, this is massive. This is like, we'd need loads of other stuff. And I'm jumping into another little bit of a question here because it's like, is there the opposite? Rather than just canning it, are you going, we need to double down on this. We need to get more people yeah, in sometimes. and do whatever else. Yeah, I, th I think ba basically ideas, the ideas are cheap. The mm -hmm. execution, the ideas are expensive. Mm -hmm. And the longer the execution goes on, the more expensive the idea. And I suppose to give an example, like here at the studio, like, if, if I was like every single idea I or any other person that has mentioned to me yeah. have ever had, th there's probably thousands of them. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe let, let's say for argument's sake, a thousand yeah. over the last few years. And then talking to a publisher, um, they reckon like that for every thousand pitches they saw, they signed one. Yeah. So yeah. you can see the ratio there. Yeah, that's right. a yeah. thousand times yeah. a thousand ideas. Yeah. yeah. And that's just amongst the professionals. Yeah. Okay. Before, so, you know, was that a thousand, a thousand million? Isn't it? Is my math off? Something like that. Yeah. Seems yeah. about right. It's, yeah. it's a lot. So, it's a big so it's literally one in a million yeah. actually gets made. And I think the other thing that, that maybe from the outside you don't quite appreciate is that the, the, the idea undergoes massive changes over the course of it being made. So if somebody has the original idea and said, this, this, this is why basically people don't buy and sell game ideas. Yeah. Because... Even if you said, oh, this is my great idea, you know, it's Dark Souls, but with cats. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow, Good that idea. sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd Writing it down. Yeah. <laughs> Copyrighted. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you make that that thing. Um, over the course of making it, it might end up something completely, by the end of it, it's a rhythm act action platformer. Yeah. Because that's where the, the, the kind of process went. Yeah, right. So it, you know. Dark Souls rhythm action platformer, yeah. cat game. Amazing. Oh, man. <laughs> but in fact, I think, I think Dark Souls is a great example of, a game that's on paper is is very hard to get across why it's going to be so good. Mm, yeah. So if you yeah. said, what's your game idea? Well, it's a third person action game with, where you've got a sword and you fight monsters. You're like, that sounds like thousands of other games. Yeah. Also, it's really, really, yeah. really, really, really hard. Really hard. And you're like, that's not selling it. Like for me, I think the innovative bit of Dark Souls one of the innovative bits was you can see how other people die. That was quite cool. Yeah. I mean, that had been done before. I think it's in Super Meat Boy, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that networked idea of you can see how other people die that was quite cool. But in a way, that that game lives and dies in the execution, like the combat, the feel of the combat, the weight of the combat. Yep. If all that's not right, and if if the the how the balancing of the game that you don't die immediately mm. go, go doesn't work, then then that game would fail. Yeah. So. And that might cause the game to be evolved. I mean, I don't know what it was, its original concept. You know, and in contrast, another game that's similar, like third-person action fighting game, might be Hotline Miami. Yeah. That also you die a lot. But their difference is that when you die, you, the restart's super fast. Yeah. So you don't wait for a long time before you're back in it. Whereas Dark Soul, the restart isn't super fast because you've got to go back and pick up, you know, missing souls and you spawn yeah. back in at a certain point. But the balancing means the... the 
dying is a is is part of the experience if you see what i mean yeah. yeah and you know a lot of factors you know a game that might be made today is a game that wouldn't have been made you know a few years ago yeah. and and likewise like there will be some games that are being made now that in 10 years time you just will not pick them up right yeah so you know the the industry is constantly talking about the death of single player games and you know games becoming service and whether or not that you know where that goes eventually who knows but like at some point it becomes trickier to to try and sell single player only games right yeah. and you can see this uh, very very clearly in uh, the work of Psyonix. Yeah. So they've essentially made Rocket League three times. Yeah. And only on the third one did they get Rocket League, right? Yeah. So the the supersonic hyper-powered battle cars or whatever it was yeah. called, which was on uh, PS3, was the second game. The yeah. I think that they did one before that, which was very, very similar. And... Um, you know, they've they've continued to have similar ideas of of what Rocket League actually is, and you yeah. go and play them, and they all look quite similar. Yeah. It's just that it is only a combination of well, now there are lots of people with internet, there are lots of people with connected consoles, internet speeds are high are high end enough, the consoles are now powerful enough to do this at sixty frames a second. Yeah, right. You know, and internetworking between different console versions and and PC. All of this stuff, mm, mm. you know, and an appetite for like DLC and like all of these things. And that is the thing that made their third attempt really, really good. Yeah. Right. And so I think, I think, I guess that just goes to show that like there is, there are so many different factors as to why a game might be successful and whether or not you think a game will be successful is also an indicator of whether or not a game is going to make it through the green light process. Yeah, so uh, let, let's talk a little bit about that green light process because, um, you know, we obviously, like we're saying, come up with ideas. We have to uh, run them in, do them in and out. Um, so, you know, one of the things we've been looking at recently has been uh, community uh, as an idea and community involvement and community-led stuff within games. Um, I'm happy to talk around it a little bit more mm -hmm. to give us a bit of a flavour, but, like, you know... I, what are your thoughts on on involving a community and involving a, a you know people within stuff in development? Yeah, in the early early stages, and this is like when a game's not and you know. Well, we we've been experimenting that a bit. So so the the studio we we got some funding from the UK Games Fund. Thank you very much to help us develop um, a concept called War Striders, and as part of that they basically put a list of all the games they funded in the public domain. So even if we didn't want to talk about that game, that's out there. So it has. So we kind of lent in with that and said, oh, fine. In fact, you ran, a, we, we did a community survey yeah, yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah, We put our survey to, you know, loads of different communities talking about... This was Strider, wasn't it? Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll Strider. Yeah, so yeah. Strider. And I, I think for me, one of the most interesting things came back from that is not so much because... We, we, we talked about this. If you say to people, what is it you want? Then, you know, is that Henry Ford adage that people just say, I want a faster horse. Yeah. You know, they're not necessarily going to envisage the innovation that you're asking for because if they could, they'd be doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but you can get a sense of of things that, that massively impact the development. So a good example would be multiplayer. Yeah. Loads of people ask for multiplayer. Yeah. The question is, do enough people ask for multiplayer to make it worth your time to develop it? Yeah. Now, if your game is Rocket League, it's kind of essential. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's part yeah. of it. So it's a given. But if your game's not Rocket League, if your game is say you know uh, a game that doesn't broken have... sword yeah broken <laughs> yeah. Sword. yeah and so where's 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 the multiplayer well it's it's like you know if you don't see it's core of that but then a way to do that is yeah. to reach out to your your community of people who like point and click adventures and then say your yeah. multiplayer your multiplayer and if they're all coming if 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 their response is middling to low yeah. on multiplayer given it's probably the most expensive thing to add in development yeah. Well, there's no point adding it. Like yeah. if, if your community comes back and you ask them to rate, which of these things matter to you? And they come back and go, well, the thing that matters to us is an extra save slot. And then, you know, fourth yeah. on the list is multiplayer. Well, yeah. Yeah. have as many slave slots as you want. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, so, but, yeah. but then that they are helping to shape it. So not necessarily shaping the idea. I think, I mean, I'm genuinely interested in how we could, I would, I would like to figure out ways where we could seed ideas into people at an earlier stage and, and gauge the reaction to mm. it. But again, it's harder, not, not just because it's, it's in a way you're kind of revealing what it is we're working on, which if you get a lot of hype for it and it's like, when's that thing coming out? Well, yeah, we, we don't, it's still a long way off from us, uh, well, you know, I, even getting to the point of making it. But yeah. in addition to that, we let other people know what we're working on. You know, does that mean another studio who I doubt they'd necessarily just steal the idea, but they might be working on something similar. Yeah, and they might accelerate to get to market before us. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you, you look at something like um, Rami, um, who did, uh, uh, who's at Vlambeer and did ridiculous fishing, like showed off screens of ridiculous fishing, and then some, uh, you know, 
knockoff merchants basically came along and did ridiculous fishing before he'd launched it. Yeah, right. You know, so, you know, if you talk too early about a game and your idea is, you know, straightforward, I'm using air quotes there, uh, enough, somebody can come along and just nick it. However, yeah, I mean, like, involving the community is a really good idea because ultimately they're the people who are going to buy your game. I suppose it's involving the right community as well. I think that's the important point because, like, we're very fortunate that the lovely people listening to this podcast and the lovely people in our Discord and the lovely (laughs) people that we have involved in our games. I mean, we're we're quite fortunate that Aura Digital does have quite a nice community of people who are genuinely quite interested in providing quite constructive feedback to us and quite constructive points of view and being able to help develop and build our games. Um, I also know that from when we've done some of our external stuff, we have got some rather wacky responses and yes, stuff from people being like yeah. you need to basically do everything i want otherwise i'm not giving you five pounds and it's like yeah okie dokie no, i think so <laughs> well i mean I th- I, yeah i think you're right i think there's a there's a good example in that of of uh with with dark future right so we know that in our community um there are people on our discord that are talking about uh our games and they have you know really cool ideas about what that thing is actually yeah. going to be but i think they're also you know i think they're also um savvy enough to know that we're a small studio in bristol yeah. and you know so when um you know when we have like you know nice folks like conrad and mm. granite penguin yeah. and you know all this other lot you know saying like this would be really really cool yeah. i think they also temper these expectations with like maybe that team of six isn't able to do yeah x y and z yeah but it's also you know some of the stuff um on the flip side of that some of the stuff that has been requested by them hasn't has absolutely been done yeah so again like ogre for example when we were doing that mm. um a lot of the community came back and said, oh, we would really like this, this, and this, and this. And like, we were like, you can't have that. You can have this, you can have this. Mm-hmm. And I think that that when when you are actually able to filter out the noise of, you know, so Dark Future is a really good example where we had some people where they were, where they were just like, it's just nothing like the tabletop game. You should make it more like the tabletop game. Yeah. And it was like, well, we ain't going to do that because it's going to be another three years. Um <laughs> But then you also have people say, like, I would really like a countdown timer on an action button. And we're like, that's really cool. And we yeah. haven't thought of that. And that's really valuable. And what you then see is in our um, Steam reviews, yeah. you actually see people then mention some of the things that our community have mentioned. Like, oh, by the way, I really like the fact that you can do this, this, and this. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's really cool. And you're yeah. only going to get that when you have, like, when you run an alpha, when you run a beta, when you, uh, when you have the game that's out there in early access or full release or whatever. Yeah. I mean, my ideal scenario is that we had, we had a, a, a big and active enough community that we could like start talking about really early stage like hey here's four ideas we're thinking of working on and then we get people to vote on it and give us feedback and then the the idea that wins goes forward to the next stage next stage and again so why don't you just do that the difficulty is because it also whatever idea we do has to not just resonate with our community (laughs) it has to resonate with ideally several tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of other people enough for them to shell out for the cash for it yeah and I, I think is when you're into nerdy stuff it's very easy to come up with nerdy things that like that you get excited by yeah and you can let your enthusiasm run away for that project yeah, exactly. rather than yeah. focusing on the yeah the raw so, detail yeah so i mean like for example you know like i would absolutely love sega to put out a port of Wild Riders, right? right. It was an arcade only yeah. Naomi Two arcade game, yeah. right? And it was gonna come out on PS Two because mm. I have the OPM issue where they <laughs> said it was gonna come out, yeah. and they canned it right at the end, right? Mm. I would love a collection of Naomi thing, Naomi arcade games made by Sega. Now the thing is, I am way into that stuff. Yeah. I know for a fact you're the only one. <laughs> I'm the only one. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right, and I think it, I think it's the same with you know when you get into that. Like, like I'm, I would think, oh, you know what, you know, if you could, oh, uh, the, the 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 Spike Out trilogy, you should totally mm-hmm. put them yeah, out again. Okay. But like to the two people who are listening, like, yeah, Spike Out, <laughs> we're the only ones that care. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Okay. And I think that's the same with um with when you're making when you're actually developing games. You know, there's this idea of like, oh, I'd really love to see this element. Of it, mm. and we know because we've we've spent a lot of time, or we've done market research, or you know we you know uh, we we've we've produced similar things before. We actually know how useful those things are, yeah. and whether or not they actually shift units or mm. not. Mm. Um, I think the the classic example is um, that we always talk about is Linux, right? Yeah. So like yeah. we'll also always have people say like, 
oh, it'd be really cool to have Linux. And we're always like, ah, yeah. like the numbers just do not make sense. And yeah. I think that that's the same very early on in terms of like idea generation, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, people might come along and say, oh, I really, really love this idea. And it's like, just too niche, for yeah. example. Yeah. yeah, and then that that's our challenge. How do we get the idea that excites us, it's interesting, we can build playable gameplay on it, but we feel like there's enough of an audience. And and there's there's a lot of, yeah, you're balancing a lot of competing, which is why so many games don't get made. Mm -hmm. Because I think that the, 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 the threshold to succeed is high, mm -hmm. but the, the, the kind of, the reason to can is, is, is got to be trigger easy. You've got to, yeah. like yeah. at any point you've got it, this just isn't working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, that, yeah, that's why you, you but, it, but the other one is like success is, is the big reason that, that either games don't get made or, or do, uh, you know, so I, I used to work at Pivotal Games. They did the Conflict Desert Storm series. So a good example of a game that, that was in very early pre-production, just ideas really being thrown around within mm. the design team. So the Conflict Desert Storm had done well, Conflict 2 had done well, I think I think this was when we were working on Conflict Vietnam, um, and that there was an idea to do a Second World War version of that game, which yeah. I think would have been really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were throwing around a lot of interesting ideas around your part of the marquee, so the kind of guerrillas fighting in occupied territory. Right, okay. So it would have taken a kind of different slant on the game series. Um, but then, you know, stuff happened within the commercial sector. Uh, I don't think Conflict Vietnam performed quite as well as they were hoping. And then that kills that, you know, that yeah. that, that changed what they were doing. And then I think Modern War had come out. And by, I, I left the studio then, but... but Denied then, Ops was the one yeah, that Denied Ops, went up yeah. against Denied Ops Modern Warfare, went up didn't against, it? Yeah. And it was just like a bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was such different games. And, and yeah. again, you yeah. couldn't make... I think you couldn't make conflict games as they've been made yeah. post-Modern Warfare because the market... Market shifts, shifts. Yeah. 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 So if, if you'd have been a studio that had a similar game in development, you might have gone, oh, we're going to have to can this or, yeah. or whatever. But, you know, you see this, this quite... I mean, sometimes people approach us about games so we got approached by a wind power magazine for example we're doing news games they wanted to do some little games about making wind power and stuff like that i was really gutted that project didn't happen because yeah. it's like i'm quite interested in energy and energy generation different ways it's done that that's kind of real real shame but but another example of a sequel we did make we made a sequel to chains of warrior yeah which again you can go back to the podcast yes we the did a full deep dive into chains <laughs> yeah. of warrior and um, chains of warrior too, awesome. yeah. <laughs> yeah but when we came to make the sequel so we you know chains of warrior done all right yeah. we made some money out of it we're like let's do another one um and there is actually a sequel talked about in the manual of chains of warrior in the original um Stephen hands and and it's a cool idea it's kind of like nazi zombies right um Remember that was written in like 1989. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know that that idea has been done quite a bit since, uh, and it's still it's still a strong idea. But I wanted to do something a bit different. I wanted mm. us to do our own thing with it. So we ended up setting it in the main thing with Lords of the Night. You know, so so there again, there's a game that got made and a game that didn't get made yeah. within the yeah. same sort of flip. Yeah. Um, and I think that yeah, for me the 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 challenge that we have as a studio. It's always going to be that because creation of new what we call IP intellectual property that's the thing we 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 really want to be doing as well as like the partnership projects and that we do I love as well like I'm I'm constantly excited by both like yeah I love the opportunity to work on interesting IP that's always yeah, exciting yeah, yeah, to yeah. to shape your mark on it like super proud of the work the Dark Future team did yeah, I think we yeah. like that was really exciting um, but it's also exciting to do new new thing but then it can be so open that you're like right let's do a new anything and you're yeah. like okay. Yeah. I don't know now what to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Monkey tennis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm on board. Let's go. What are we doing a podcast for? Let's do monkey <laughs> yeah, tennis or that it, weird cat really dark, dark souls thing yeah. we're talking about. The cat dark souls yeah. thing. So turned into a dancing game. Yeah, I, I, I think it would brilliant. be it would be a genuinely interesting thing to f try and figure out a a way of doing things. Um, yeah, somebody told me there was a. Yeah, I mean, like, I wonder if you could even do a thing. I mean, in a way, that's what Kickstarter is. Like, yeah, I suppose right. that, that's yeah, what yeah. Kickstarter's yeah. become, which is like, I've got this great idea. Yeah. Here's my idea. Would you like to back it? Yeah. Um, and in the early days, Kickstarter for games absolutely was that. You could stick up a game design document, a few pictures, you could get the money to do it. The problem is, as Kickstarter's evolved and the profession has evolved and the market's evolved and lots of projects have not delivered, Yeah. you know, so it's understandable that people have got a bit what you need to do on a video game now to get a successful Kickstarter, the bar's much higher. And in yeah. fact, it's it's higher than what we'd have to do to pitch a game to a publisher. Yeah, absolutely. So in a way, it's become, it's not it's not an easy route anymore yeah. to doing it. Yeah. But again, I, you know, if people listening give us feedback, I'd be interested, I wonder whether you could use a Kickstarter to do the demo. You still get something playable at the end of it. Yeah, right. And it's like, you know what, give us the money to make this demo. Because, you know, 
they're, they're still expensive things to make. Like if you've got to put a team on something for two, three months, yeah. that, that well, is thousands and thousands of pounds worth there's, of There's salary. been a couple of Kickstarters that have failed, right? But the community that they've got around them have still gone, can we do something? Can we like pay for this? And it comes back to that community aspect where they then go, look, okay, actually we'll give you, if you pay us all, like again, now this is the trust with the company that you're working with. Someone goes, give me 40 quid and then we'll make sure we get early access. And then we're like, bye, see you later. Yeah. That's happened before in the video games industry. Sure, <laughs> you know, ass. quite a few times. <laughs> but then, if you have someone who's done quite well, I'm trying to think of the one that I was. It's Kingdom something. I can't remember the name of it. Kingdoms of Amalur. It might be. It was a French studio. I'll oh. find the name oh. of it. I'll put it in the show oh, notes. Yeah. 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 Okay. But, but their case study was that they ended up selling two million units afterwards. Right, you know, sure, yeah. so it's yeah. like because it. Oh, it, you're thinking of Kingdoms that Raw Fury published? Maybe is it? Yeah, because that failed at Kickstarter. Yeah, but it's gone on to sell really well. I don't know. I don't uh, know. I don't know if apologies if I. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a good example. Yeah, they failed at Kickstarter, but it's been really commercially successful. Yeah. So you know, it's not necessarily a guide. And and I, I think the difficulty is that to yeah to to get people to sign up on the Kickstarter, there's a kind of big degree of trust. And obviously, as a studio, yeah. we have done multiple Kickstarters, yeah. and you know, we we just about to deliver on our fourth. Yeah. Mm. Um, four for four. Ding ding ding. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it'd be, I I'd, I'd love to be able to use Kickstarter to do demos and then but then of course somebody's saying well if i'm paying 20 quid and all i get is a demo what's the point in that yeah. you could say well if we we get the full thing you will give you that but then that's a very big promissory but then that was kind of the point of kickstarter yeah was not as a product delivery service you know it was here's an idea help me see it through yeah i think the other thing as well is that you know as we as we've said before, you know we're we're a relatively small studio, and our audience is it has always traditionally been quite niche. And the good thing about that is that the community members that we that we've accrued are you know super into the thing, yeah. you know really nice, and they're just you know they're 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 pleased to see the the fun things that they like you know being made. And I find that really their feedback really useful. I think that as the studio continues to grow and you know content continues to make better and bigger and even more commercially successful games i think we'll grow that audience quite a lot more and at that point i think that's the point at which you have you know you you end up with the the double fine effect where you know i'll just buy any double fine game right yeah. because like i'm just a fan of yeah. and it, the, whatever they touch i'll just buy it yeah. and i think that eventually you can turn into a studio that can do that kind of thing and i think at that point you know you know the the community feedback side of things can be done like really really early because you're you're essentially making a game for an audience that is kind of already there um so yeah it's i, I think it's definitely something that the studio will do as we yeah. keep moving forward yeah absolutely um so i'll i'll, I'll finish this section off by by asking you uh, both a quick question well and matthew walker you can answer this as well obviously um but the uh, can you give me an idea of, of just any thought that you had of like a game that you you, you almost feel either would be a dead cert that you've seen crash in the water or, or like be, be cut up really quickly or something that should never have been fit, mm. never have been canned that you like, that would have been gold. That would have been actually gold. Could be one of ours, could be something you've seen before. Um, obviously try not to break any NDAs that we, <laughs> that we may or may not have with people. Mm. Yeah, the tricky one to answer. Yeah, it's like, um, I. So I'll give you my. I'll give you my yeah, one. That'll be a good one. So, so, okay, I'm a big fan. I only discovered this the other day from talking to Mike Dool, who is coming up in one of our later episodes. Uh, but I'm a big fan of puzzle games, <laughs> like like <laughs> puzzle block games that drop down. So yeah. one of my favourite ones is Puzzle Fighter. Sure, if you remember the Puzzle Fighter game, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, brilliant game, absolutely amazing. So you had this big launch with Capcom saying we're going to redo the game again. It's coming to mobile. It's going to be amazing. And I got super hyped for it i was like yes it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be really really good came out for a couple of like weeks so it did actually launch and then they went and the studio went no we're doing another game now we need all the programmers and everyone else so cut it get rid of the game and they just trashed it and it was already building a little community the artwork was beautiful on it it was the same game on mobile I literally would never need another video game again. <laughs> I would just have that one. Maybe that's why they canned it, because you know, they knew they were only going to make a certain amount of money out of me. But that is the sort of product that I can see in my head. I was like, that would be a good game. In this market, in this mobile era, that game would work really well, because it's got that multiplayer element to it. You could even probably do a Tetris 99 style, here's 100 people playing online in this one thing, and there's blocks dropping all over the place, you know? So that would be my one. That would be an example of something that I'm, because I still can't fathom why. Now, obviously, I think it's just the main reason that Studio didn't think there'd be any money in it. But I think for me, uh, it would be it would be the 
it would be a, a fourth skate. Like, yeah, it's keep you keep, keep it on brand. Oh, keep the faith. <laughs> keep the faith. I mean, hopefully they will announce it at some point. But you know, as far as far as I know from the conversations I ha- I've had, like it doesn't seem like there's any faith internally at EA that that would be a game that would be that would make money. Yeah. And it's a real shame because the number of companies that have come afterwards um, uh, that have attempted to do uh, games that are basically just Skate. So for example, the latest, the latest one is Skater XL and it's just Skate 4. Like it is, yeah. it is, you know, it's a fourth Skate game and it seems to be doing really, really well. Mm. I I guess the, the, the games for me like that are games from ve- with very big brands and very big companies behind them that I think, ah, oh, I would really love another big AAA experience like this. Yeah. But the counter to all of that, and I can I totally know why this, these things aren't getting made, is because somebody at that company is like, for for us to greenlight something like this, it isn't just a case of like, we will make money. Yeah, those kinds of levels of games need to make factors yeah, right. of 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 profit yeah, right okay. it can't just be the risk of like let's tie up six <laughs> right exactly yeah. like we can't tie 600 people up and break even yeah. it needs to be like we need to have like a team of 600 and we need to make like double what they're worth to the company oh, yeah. even more than yeah, that like right. like 20 times like mm. the amount amount back right yeah, okay. like so like that's why your assassin's creed keeps getting made every yeah. year but it's also why watchdogs took a bit of time off yeah okay right because like they were like Ooh, okay this is done all right but like we need to yeah. really figure yeah, out what that fair. next one's going to be yeah, yeah I, um i think so for me the there's there's yeah there's a lot of ips that i i think have 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 done good things and then haven't because they sit in that twilight zone where maybe they have been a bit profitable but not enough yeah. and they don't really get any traction so two that's ring to mind that i love so splatterhouse which was a fantastic yeah. arcade <laughs> game. Yeah, classic. Great game splatterhouse yeah. 2 which is great and then it got a reboot i think it's 2010 i want to say yeah. mm. it got a reboot but they, they made it as a kind of 3d game and it didn't really do it for me i wasn't very happy and, mm. and that that in a way that's killed that so i was super excited when yeah. i heard they were remaking it gutted that it wasn't it wasn't the game that yeah. I thought it should be, um, and and then basically I can't see anything happening with that now. Yeah, right. Like yeah. like who who's going to get this obscure IP and like let no let's go back because so if you're listening and you you want, <laughs> you want to let us do something with the IP if you if, yeah if you're listening you want to let us do something with the IP then then that would be great. But the other one would be Dead Space. Yeah, because I think Dead Space they did some really innovative stuff with that. Like Dead Space yeah. was great. Um, two was good. Yeah, Third two one was good. Had co-op. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's what probably killed it as well. I mean, one especially from an audio point of view as well. Incredible. So immersive. Incredible. It was so atmospheric. Two was very much the same. And three became just kind of quick, quick. It's, it's quick very difficult to feel scared when your mate's going, quick, over here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Love it. I, I remember when I used to do some work for a community radio station. And as a feature... Um, I had my now wife Katrina play. It was that. It was that good. Right. I had a non-gamer play it just to get her reaction and recording. Yeah, right. Because it was so scary, so yeah. frightening. Yeah. Um, but just, just for for me, I mean, Thomas mentioned um, thirteen thirteen, the Star Wars game. Yeah. I was disappointed by that. I'm a big Star Wars fan. Yeah. Like probably half the world. Yeah. Um, but it just looked so polished, so finished. I was just really disappointed yeah. why Disney just came in and said, "Yeah, nah, not doing that." Yeah. Um, and yet, the there was a trailer released recently for their upcoming third-person Jedi next game. Looks kind of much the same, just yeah. with with a lightsaber. I'm so I'm thinking, well, what does this game besides a Jedi? Okay, different abilities. What what does that do differently? Yeah. I wanted the grubby underworld. I haven't played that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. wanted that. But yeah. the one that did come to mind just now um, was uh, Medal of Honor. Um, for PS1 and PS2 mm. I was a big fan of those games yeah, yeah. PS1 Call- one's great yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when Call of Duty again Modern Warfare started raising the bar EA just kind of went yeah we're not going to compete with that well, well they, they tried they, 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 they tried mod- the, the modern mod- uh, the modern take on Medal of Honor I thought was actually okay that first one by Danger very, Close very good. was pretty yeah. good but yeah. there's, it's much more emotionally engaging for me Medal of Honor it, it always has been Call of Duty is kind of a technically it's a great game it's a bit mindless for me yeah Medal of Honor Outrageous. was. I'm sorry, <laughs> that new Medal of Honor. Was, but Medal of Honor was yeah. top notch, and I was so saddened when I heard that was getting shelved. And I'm hoping that will come back at some point. 
Well, that was a, a thoroughly interesting debate. Um, Peter, thank you very much for coming in. Really do appreciate Thanks you giving me your so, And Tom, thank you again. Thank you. We'll no doubt be hearing from you very soon. You will. Uh, and I suppose we better get back into our final bit of the show. Well, that was a very interesting... I always say this, it was a very interesting chat, but it was a very interesting chat. I feel quite emotional now, actually, because all I can think of is... The games uh, that should have been... Yeah, it's Medal of Honor. Like, I haven't thought about that game. You know, like like an old relationship that you might have had or no. an old <laughs> so, like some food you, you really loved as a child yeah, you hadn't yeah. had it I it's haven't thought of Medal of Honor for a long time and yeah I was really genuinely sad when that got shelved I remember it's gutting I remember having a debate with my mother about this at the time about actually. Medal of Honor but yeah because there was um, there was one about uh, Pearl Harbor Oh, uh, that was the uh, Rising Sun on the PS2. Yeah, that was a very good and game. Um, there's that bit where you're in one of the boats. Yeah, and you have to escape, and you have to I get think out. That's the opening level. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. mission. Yeah. And and I remember um, my mum asking me about it, and then saying, "Oh, there's another one where you can go on the D-Day landings." And my mum was a bit like, mm, "And it came up with that debate of like, you know, should video games be?" treading on a territory where real people died and real activities. I th- yeah, I think when those games came out, I think there was still, I guess it was maybe a grey area, but yeah. I mean, certainly these days, I mean, certainly Thomas and Peter could go into a lot more detail about yeah. that. But absolutely, I mean, why why can video games not touch base with somewhat taboo subjects? Which is I mean, very... Huge the, platforms. This is very much a debate for another episode, because we <laughs> should just get into that again. <laughs> we're just winding after, things down and so, we'll yeah, just yeah, open after, it up again. <laughs> after the conversation that we had just then. But, like, but again, really good to have Pete back in again, talking to us, obviously yeah, yeah. a fountain of knowledge. Tom as well, been industry veteran for a long time, yeah. so it's very good to have his view on it. But I mean, there are it, it's fascinating. And again, we're very fortunate that we do have a very good community who are very understanding, but there are some people out there who play video games that aren't very understanding and don't have no, a very that's good true. view of the world. So it, it's quite nice to make sure that we get all of that put together. So, you know, anyway. Um, I'll tell you, I would, sorry, just really mm. quickly, um, what I should have said when, when Thomas was here, one game I would love to see is uh, The Great Escape 2, colon, banged up again or something <laughs> <laughs> that was that that is this time it's that's personal. a game ps2 yeah that's a ps2 <laughs> game that uh, thomas worked on which i loved right back in the day yeah, okay. and when i found out he worked on that i, I kind of a bit yeah, yeah. I, I kind of fanboyed out it was like oh it's my like gosh hugging the xcom guy <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah sorry john broom sorry about that sorry about that so um we got quite exciting few episodes coming up we're going to be uh, yeah. uh, getting a little bit aquatic next episode nice. uh, then we'll be off to space off to space and then we'll be off to space again it's like a glow well I was going to say it's a globe trotting <laughs> adventure it's, it's an interstellar adventure it is an interstellar adventure which is, is very correct because then we'll be heading into the deep recesses of our minds <laughs> so ah. that'll be exciting when we talk a lot about uh, Cthulhu mm-hmm. so I, I'm quite excited there's a whole jam packed stacked uh, group podcast so um, if you haven't already make sure you've subscribed to us make sure you've shared it with a friend uh, you can get it on all the different podcast apps that you possibly could hope for and I suppose we better say see you next time on to the next one <laughs>